Hi, welcome to BoobTube, the podcast where smart women talk about what they're watching and not watching. My name is Amanda Teuscher. And I'm Sarah Whitus. Um, we just spent a long time talking about the rapper Exhibit before we <laughs> hopped on this podcast here. and Alvin Joyner. Um, Alvin Joyner. Yeah. <laughs> also known as Exhibit, uh, the first sentence in his Wikipedia entry, um, it's, it's pronounced Exhibit. Just in case. Just Wait, like read the read the other spelled <laughs> spelled like exhibit. Just in case. The reason we were talking about exhibit is because we both rediscovered that he was the like fifth build uh, actor <laughs> in the two thousand eight probably X-Files was movie, the fifth which build. is really bad. <laughs> yeah. No, and I'm looking at it now. He's yeah, fifth build. Literally and, fifth build. Yeah. Um, we we found that very funny that this movie came out. Not during, not before, but two years after the end of Pimp My Ride. So they were like, they're like, you know what? Do you remember that show? Do you remember that show, Pimp My Ride? Let's get Exhibit. Let's put him in this movie. You know what? That guy's got something. He's, he, he seems he's like a Mosley drum, drummy. Yeah. <laughs> we, need a, we need someone to fill the shoes of Mo, the character of FBI agent Mosley Drummy. Mosley Drummy. And then uh, Amanda Pete Ple- played Whitney Dakota. Dakota uh, Whitney. Oh, her oh, first so, name I'm was sorry. Dakota. Actually, yeah, Dakota Whitney. Either way, I mean, what, a, you know, I just, <laughs> who is letting Chris Carter write? Oh, God, no one should ever let that man near a computer ever again. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, just someone just like. Just the hubris. Distract him. Like, put him in a virtual reality where he thinks he's writing things for popular (laughs) consumption, but he's not. It's like a black mirror. Um, Yeah. Yeah, we we, we got onto the subject of of the X-Files reboot, talking about other bad reboots, because I was reading this week that, you know, uh, How I Met Your Mother is going to be rebooted with Hilary Duff for some reason. Um, I mean, I got nothing so against she, Hillary Duff. I just, you know, I. I'm so in my head, when I when you said this, I was like picturing her as the 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 mother, and I was like, wait, you never right. see the mother, but if she is, people are the mothers, right? Yes. So she's not the no. There, it's gonna be like how I met your father or whatever. But also, I think that it starts it. Oh in the God. year twenty twenty one. So it's going to be like, as we all look back on the year 2021, like, you know, as if anyone will ever want to do that. <laughs> like, as we all look back on the summer where everyone went nuts. Right. I mean, so um, what I think is also funny is that apparently this is the third or fourth attempt at, at reviving How I Met Your Mother since the show went on the off the air. Just which, think of what they could have done with like all of that time. four or five years ago. Like... They keep trying to reboot it. It's like just you could just take that effort and write a new show. Well, you know that right. <laughs> you could write about literally anything else. Um, but you know who was gonna be in the first reboot when they first were like, We're gonna reboot it. Oh no, as, who? It was gonna star Greta Gerwig. Isn't that weird? There is an what? alternate universe in which that show went to series and took off and to this day. Greta Gerwig was not an Oscar-nominated director. Or maybe she would still be an Oscar-nominated Wait, director. Wait, what year what that year was, was like that in like supposed 2015 to be? 2015 or 2016? So pre-Lady Bird and pre-Little yes. uh, Women. Can you Greta imagine? Greta Gerwig would have just been the girl she, on that shitty TV show. If she was, I mean, and she could have still been directing, I 
guess but like yeah but she wouldn't no but she wouldn't have done those like no she could it's like you can't star in a cbs sitcom and also have the time to direct oscar like worthy movies just like in your off kind of months from like no you know you just can't like that's not how that especially yeah little women had probably like months of production schedule like you can't but you that's know, crazy. It's, it's I did interesting not to know think that. about a sliding doors situation, just like what kind of state her career probably was in at that point where she was kind of an up and coming actress, you know, and was like, yeah, probably right, seemed like right. a really good opportunity, you know? Well, and it makes you wonder how many women just, you know, because there's less roles um, or like people of colors, like actor of actors of colors would be like, I would like to direct, but I got stuck doing this shitty TV. So like right. actors that were like, oh, she's money, in this so. like terrible TV show. Like she's on the CW show, like maybe she was actually would have been able to create like a little women. Right. I mean, it's just really interesting. Yeah. I, wow. yeah. But I and mean, like, and Greta Gerwig is a pretty blonde woman. So right. That just, yeah. <laughs> right. And her career like wasn't taking off. So what does that tell you? I mean, right. That, you know what that means is that now Hillary Duff will probably not be able to direct her <laughs> Oscar, you know, worthy uh, her her adaptation of, of like Eyre. later Chatterley's Lover. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're not going to get that now that she's going to be in the show, but you know, I mean, I, I would guess pay that's what late so career... much money. <laughs> yeah, for to, the Hillary I would, version. Of like Jane Eyre. No, yeah. like what you said, I would pay so much money to be like, let's let's hear Hillary Duff interpret um uh Bronteism. Yeah, it would be wonderful. <laughs> Which um, sounds like I'm being rude to Hillary Duff. I'm not. No, I, we, I got no, we got nothing against Hillary Duff here. It's just like you know, I, I, I you know, there's just it's not it, it's not quite the same career. But you know, she's fine. My problem is not with her. It's with like just come up How with I a met new your mother. fucking idea. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. too. Yeah, Frasier reboot. Yeah. God. Anyway, Frasier. Oh my God, I already hate Frasier. Now you're gonna like. Okay, well, I'm sorry. You're gonna that, make that character gonna go be like. We're not gonna go down in that 2021. Road. That character does will not age well. No, he it sucks. won't. He won't. He would. He would really. He would probably be a Trump voter now. Honestly, even though I love, I love Frasier. I love Frasier. But mm-hmm. yeah, I. He would definitely you know. be a Trump voter. Yeah, or he would he would be a secret Trump voter. He would yes, be, right. He would be like those people in. He'd be one Connecticut. of those like rich Republicans yes. that are like yeah, that are like oh I I don't oh I don't like what he's doing to the party. I don't know how I feel. I'm a never Trumper, but then um would absolutely vote for him. Agreed. And I mean for taxes. You know now what I'm all for. I was saying I've also been watching the best show on television, um, The Nanny on HBO Max, and um, thank God. HBO Max swooped in to bring back. Because I used to, in college, watch a lot of The Nanny in syndication. Uh, I watched The Nanny in syndication almost every morning before. (laughs) Um, Including the episodes where she and Max get together. Oh, yeah. Even The Nanny, you know what? It's the rare show where it didn't even matter that the two like you know there's the tension for all those years then they get together and it did not ruin the show (laughs) like i don't think it was quite i think it lost a little something but like it's still just as funny after you know what i think it fran and and maxwell get together what when um 
uh, she changed her wig when she started going for that sleek bob. Yes, she didn't have the agreed. Giant, it's big not hair. as that's why I was big. like, that's the, that's more of like that mm-hmm. was worse than her and Maxwell getting together. Yeah, she kind of. Yeah, I agree. It gets the hair gets much sleeker uh, at one point, and like it's not as yeah. It I agree. That's losing a little bit of magic there. Um, yeah. But you know what's interesting is that I was gonna mention this actually. Also, I forgot, but I was gonna mention this in our in our watching um, section of the podcast. But uh, makes actually more sense here is that. There is a, a revival that I have been wanting to watch, which is the Connors, which is the kind of post Roseanne after we fired Roseanne from Roseanne, you know, was revived. Mm-hmm. And then it became the Connors because they killed off Roseanne. And first of all, the Connors is like one of the most, uh, one of the most popular shows on, on network television. It's like, Really? Yes. It is it does extremely well. So there's been three seasons. Wow. What a different world. And it hasn't been renewed for the fourth yet, but um it's like one of the top shows on, on TV. On. Yeah. And apparently it's really good. And huh. I kinda wanna go back and start watching it. I haven't watched like a network. I would be curious what so you long. think. Yeah, yeah. I, so like even like right now, apparently they're doing a plot line about uh, Becky dealing with her alcoholism, which has apparently been kind of a, a part of the show for the whole time. And then they're like actually kind of confronting it and talking about like, uh, sadly, the, the guy who played Mark, who played, was Becky's husband, he died um, a few years after the end of the run of Roseanne of a heroin overdose. So he has never been oh, gosh. a part of the, he was also an angel. Um, and he actually died, I think in the midst of the filming of that show. He's only in the first season of that show. It's really sad. Um, and so, yeah. And so they like kind of start talking, but it's like never been revealed how he died, I guess, on the Connors. And so they're kind of like starting to get into that and Becky dealing with like his death and her alcoholism. And I'm just like, this is very interesting to me. And I kind of feel like I should watch this show. So that's kind of also on my longer term, you know, yeah, I'm interested in that you as think a of it. Yeah. I think yeah. I'm going to like go back into it. But anyway, I mean, you have been watching a lot of, you've, you've had a lot of time for mystery shows recently oh I, yeah i was I in ohio for like rundown. yeah oh yeah just real quick because um they're kind of just like well i was in ohio for three and a half weeks after um my sister got married hooray um Yay. and yeah so i just you know every night we would just sit and you know watch, watch detective shows and then... when I, I just stayed with my mom and stepdad for a few weeks in ohio um and yeah, we watched like, you know, a lot of stuff from like, you know, Acorn and Britbox, but um I'll just mention two. There's this one called Endeavor, which is like Columbo length episode, so like, you know, hour and a half episodes, so like mm-hmm. movies. It's very good. I guess it's a prequel to this one show, Inspector Morse. Um but this one so this I've one takes place in like the sixties. Yeah. So the main character, his name is Endeavor Morse. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting mm-hmm. and and then there's another one that's from Australia called My Life is Murder which is a weird title but um, it stars Lucy Lawless and she's great fun so, um, well, so those were shows Lucy I Wallace watched still 
kicking ass. Yeah, she looks great. She's it's really fun. She's a ex cop in the show who gets pulled in as like a consultant to help them solve murders. Um, Is Lucy Lawless Australian? Am I remembering that? I think she actually might. be be kiwi but i'm gonna look it okay. up in case i got that wrong um i think she's she's australian in the show okay um yes yeah, yes yeah, she's from new zealand okay um but so i got she's doing like an australian accent i'm assuming really stretching maybe yeah stretching but her anyway there uh, but yeah we don't have to talk about those that those have been out for a while that's just kind of where i've been it's i think been a while my life is, is murder is a great title though just it's a bit weird because i like feel like it's like it's a play on something and i can't figure it out it just seems like a strange title to me does it doesn't necessarily it is work weird but i kind of dig it yeah. my life is murder um so but you've been watching you've been watching the nanny uh what else yeah i've been watching the nanny so something else uh that i was watching that wrapped up this week <laughs> was the um was Into the Storm, which is the QAnon documentary series. Um, yeah, what'd you think of it? Six episodes. I thought it was very good. Um, if this is, I am pretty, I'm like, I would say I'm like mildly interested in QAnon stuff. Like, I find it pretty interesting, but like not as interesting as like my husband finds it. He like listens to podcasts about it and stuff like that that analyze oh god i find it deeply alarming oh it's deeply alarming (laughs) it's deeply alarming this series i thought was was really well structured it's from a a documentarian named cullen hoback um he had been researching this for basically as long as QAnon has been around he's been like intensely researching it for three years um and there was an episode of Reply All last year that kind of delved into a little bit like who is Q and and introduced me to a few of these like people that were involved in this series. But this went so much deeper than that. Um, I mean, you know, it, it's just I, I do find the evolution of the QAnon phenomenon to be really something like i mean i just remember like if you know at the beginning of trump when there was like you know if you think back to pizzagate you know that was kind of i think like the first exposure that like a lot of us had to the idea of QAnon sort of stuff and i i i'm sure i thought like well that was weird thank god that's not going to happen anymore. You know, I just would never right, have right. thought that like, here we are four years later um, and still a thing. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty interesting like interpersonal drama too, because the kind of main figures are this guy, Fred Brennan, who founded the 8chan message board and then couldn't control it uh, and couldn't afford the server space or whatever for it to keep it going so then he gives control kind of starts gives partial control of it to this guy jim watkins who's uh you know who that, that's q right or people well, think he's q people so, so the whole series is leading to who is q and you know cullen it's not really a spoiler because it's like i mean this is 
this is reported yeah it's not really also like the point of it is not really as a reveal although it's treated like that in the show but like i don't think oh okay it, it's treated like it's all leading up to this there's a few kind of like is it this guy like is a it true this guy is it steve bannon yeah there's kind of the case for like it being steve bannon is it like the case for it being uh flynn you know um and like it's kind of leads up to you know cullen thinks that it's jim's son ron who runs uh mm. what is now called eight coon because like K-U-N, Aitken, Kun, I think is, which because 8chan has been, been taken offline um, and has kind of become this other site. So then eventually Fred turns against Jim and his son Ron um, because Fred thinks that the whole 8chan endeavor um, has gotten like way out of hand, has directly inspired things like the Christchurch uh murder uh uh mass shooting like uh, other mass shootings where you know people are talking about egging people on about mass shootings on these boards things like that and and it really just becomes like too much even for him and so he starts working against them so that becomes this whole other drama that's pretty interesting i mean you know, and over these six episodes, like, you know, it's basically just it's it's examining both QAnon and also like obviously the culture. There's this question of Q, but obviously it's become so much more than that. I mean, we still right. have, you know, especially like what is it now, you know, and it's evolved beyond just these Q drops of information online. It's now this like whole insidious culture. Um but I think at yeah, the it's end, like a brain it's, infection. Absolutely, and it's like, what is the like? I think it, at the end, though, you're just kind of like, what is the point? I mean, not as what is the point. I mean, I think there's a point to it in that, like, at least Cullen's, you know, perspective is that if we shine a bright light on, like, okay, it's just this guy. And, and like it's just this guy and he just is a shit stir troll and he thinks it's funny that he has influence literal influence on the president of the united states you know like yeah. as q right and like all of these different figures in trump's absolutely psychopathic white house right and so yeah. that's just it it's just this dude you know presumably he at least again he th- he has this big case that it is this guy Ron and it's like I think his thought is right just like we we shine a light on it and hopefully people just kind of see this for what it is which is you know like nothing um, but you know on the other hand it's like uh, you're dealing with people who won't listen I mean yeah you can't you no, can't you reason can't, with them I mean it's not like. They only believe what they want to believe. So, I mean, already this is like, it's just kind of like, okay, well, all right. That's, I think it's an interesting examination of it. I can't see it having, I don't know. I can't see it having any kind of impact, but you know, the bigger impact here is like that Q has stopped posting, like hasn't posted anything since December and Trump got kicked off Twitter and like this guy and Ron, this guy also got kicked off Twitter um i think it's bigger than q now though because these totally. people are just gonna make up their own well narratives. now you have people like marjorie green i mean or they're whatever. doing that now you know I yeah mean, you exactly. have these people it's beyond 
it's beyond the White House. It's now like upright. These people are in Congress. Like they have, you know, they took Facebook and YouTube and uh, Twitter like literal years to decide that this was destructive enough to kick them off their platforms. And like, okay, well, great. You know, and so now they have their other the Telegraph, which is like their kind of other platform that they use, which is, you know, not as um impactful or influential but um you know and it's I just heard like... a thing about the documentary too is that it it feels almost like cheeky in town because it they began the project like way before like the capital attack mm-hmm. so yeah um the capital when, oh, yeah. when the it was like more fun to like you know I mean I know there was the comet ping pong shooting and that was like really terrifying and awful but i it was still seen as this fringe like aren't these people dumb like you almost mm-hmm. laughed at them a little um while recognizing how dangerous it, it was but now like we see how this is actually just this has infected one of our two main political parties um and so the documentary not necessarily through fault of the journalists um but just because like things have shifted so much the documentary feels a little like like not unserious, but I mean, what's interesting? Like it's having me, more fun. I mean, I didn't, I didn't take that away from it at all. I, it's okay. definitely not like it's definitely not played. I mean, of course, it has to be entertaining because it's like you know you, you want to keep watching. Yeah. So it's definitely structured as like entertainment, but it's not. He takes it very seriously, and he's very he becomes completely ingrained with all three of these people. So like, and yet, like I think, maintains he maintains a distance, but also gets them to tell him. You know, gets them to tell him. Like, I mean, he's he well, talks to them all the to, time. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and and they want to like, they want this infamy. Also, I think all three of right. them. Right. This is their legacy. So, you know, sure, like, make a movie about it. They're sociopaths. Yeah. And, like, I... and So, I I didn't have a problem with the tone of it. Um, I I don't think... I definitely... He is not... I mean, he's, like... His stance is clear in that it's, like, this is bad. (laughs) Um, And this stuff that they're doing is bad. It's bad for society and democracy and, you know, everything. But um, it's definitely not, like... I, it's not like played for laughs at any point. It's it's definitely okay. it, it's definitely takes its me- subject matter seriously. But I, I can see where someone could 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 uh, kind of have that have that viewpoint on it. But I didn't have that I didn't have that reaction to it um, at all. I mean, I'm glad that it was entertaining because it like you know kept me sucked into it. Um, right, right, but, right. I mean, I re- I'd recommend it, and it really starts at like. It starts at, like, you know, the, like, basement. You know, it starts at, like, build our way up from, uh-huh. so you don't really, but also does it very quickly and efficiently. So it's not like, you know, I knew about, you know, obviously I knew a lot about a lot of this stuff, but I still found it really uh, really interesting so even I think it's like if you think you know a lot about it or if you think you know absolutely nothing about it, I, either way it's it's pretty interesting. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I, I liked it a lot. I I think I just am like kind of left at the end, like, okay, you know, and now what? Yeah. Now what? Right. So that's kind of a bummer. Um, but, uh, on a 
more, <laughs> you know, positive note. On a more positive note, so I will talk about what my obsession of the past month has been. Um, I have gotten into a new British panel show. Yay! This is just the year. This is the pan- Amanda's pandemic I... of panel shows. <laughs> Folks, I need these to catch on in the U.S. I need I need you guys all to watch this and become as obsessed as I am. Like, um... You know, there's I've I learned something new about like British. I just truly had all the time. No idea there were so many of them. Yeah, I think it's just like a thing they do, and I've been I was reading like a bunch of Guardian like critiques of them because up until a few years ago they were predominantly like white dudes, and it was always the same white dudes, um, which is a bit tiresome. Um, But yes, so Taskmaster, Taskmaster is the one I'm going to talk about today. Taskmaster has been on for it's doing it's in its 11th season right now I will not tell you how many seasons I've watched it's less than 11 um <laughs> okay, <good>. but <laughs> it's 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 between it is between two and ten okay um I'm not gonna delve further <laughs> yeah uh you'll probably get an idea of how many I've watched when I tell you how many <laughs> or what my season, favorite seasons are because as you might know about me I like to do things in order mm-hmm. um But, okay, so the premise of the show, the titular Taskmaster is the comedian Greg Davies, um, who uh, I don't even know where I recognize him. I've recognized him from a bunch of different things. He appears on a bunch of the panel shows, but he's like, he did an episode of Travel Man with with, uh, Richard Iowati. Um, He's like six foot five. He used to be a school teacher. Um, He just seems very lovable, but he's also like very funny when he's mean. Um... He's the taskmaster, and every uh, season, a new panel of five comedians compete against each other in just a bunch of very pointless challenges. So there might be like, um, get this ball to the other side of the field in as few like hits as possible. You have to wear this garbage bag. Or something like that's not a real one, but um, <laughs> but like there's one where it's just like the one I watched recently. There's six eggs, and one of them is hard boiled. You have to find the hard boiled egg. You can only touch two of them. You can only damage two of them, and you can't damage the hard boiled egg. Or there's like one that's like recreate your own your a classic video game, um, in live action. So they like make a like a live action Mario Kart. It's very funny. They're very stupid challenges. Um, they film all of them in advance um, at the Taskmaster House in West London, and then every episode is. This. I love it. Yeah, it's the Taskmaster House. <laughs> um, it's just got all these weird like props in it that they can use for the challenges. So it's um, like the real world random. house, but not as cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just and there'll be there's just like random like art and things everywhere and like a kitchen and stuff that they can use for the challenges. There's like a, a shed and a camper van in the yard. Um, but they so they film all of these them performing all of these pointless challenges. And then every episode is a different like live episode where the five panelists are on the stage with the taskmaster and the the, sh- the producer and creator of the show who plays like his his lackey his assistant alex horn mm-hmm. um and they replay the challenges and then greg davies the taskmaster 
gives them points like one through five to each of the comedians based on how well they did. So whoever had the fastest time or if it's like draw a picture of a horse while riding the horse. Um, he just is like, oh, yours is the best picture. And he like <laughs> awards them arbitrarily. And it's very funny. And then at the end of the season, they count up all the points to see who the Taskmaster champion is. And that's just um, the whole show. That's the whole show. But it's yeah. just so great because I'm like just so invested in this like world. <laughs> These like panel shows. Um, my favorite uh, se- well, they call them series. I'm going to say seasons because I'm an American. But um my favorite seasons, oh, I put two here, but I put three um, seasons might be four, five, and seven. Um, there's some wonderful familiar faces. Um, in season four, Noel Fielding and mm-hmm. Mel Giedrich, both for, you know hosts of Great British Baking Show, compete. And Mel Giedrich is just like, I just, she's just the sweetest person. Like I she comes love, across as just the most lovely, wonderful person in the show. Um, there's another season where Ashling B. Um, who I desperately want to be friends with. Um, she does seem in it cool. With, she just seems like a great person, and she's just very funny. Um, but she's with uh, Bob Mortimer, who I think is maybe the single funniest person in the entire universe. Like, every time he talks, I just start laughing. Um, and then there's another ep- season, season seven, where I became, like, really big fans of two comedians I'd never heard of before, Jessica Knappett and Carrie Godleyman. And also there's two other favorites of mine in that same season, Phil Wang and James Acaster. Anyway, as I said in the document, these are just names to you yeah, probably, no but they're idea. very important to me. <laughs> and um, You really anyway. need to just, if you moved to England tomorrow, you would just be like seamlessly like Well, there's, there's, there's like the things in it where <laughs> I'm like, I just feel very foreign when I'm watching it. They're like, find like... Um, like one of the challenges is like bring in your most magnificent piece of stationery, and apparently in British that you already maybe, or maybe I'm an idiot. Yeah, well they can make th- things up. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but apparently in like British parlance, stationery is like the writing implements. And my understanding, Americans, when we're talking about stationery, I feel like we're all picturing paper. Now that's interesting because yeah, I think I always. I think I like a always thought it was like store a whole would have thing. pens. Yeah, I think I always assumed it was like basically just everything you need to like write a letter. I think <laughs> like a calligraphy set, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah like the. But I. But think they all I just brought in writing paper. implements. The, hmm. Interesting. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. Don't we also spell it differently? Like, don't we spell it stationary? And is there a difference between stationary? No, that's those. People, people, no, people misspell it as oh. stationary. Mm. Stationary means you're stationary. You're okay, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, you're not it's, if you see someone refer to pens and paper as stationary, they're just wrong, yeah. even in America. Okay. That's All my right. public service announcement for today. No, that's Canceled helpful. has one L. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, well, that, that one messes E-R-Y. me up, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, British people put two L's because they like to add extra letters, but it's not canceled. Mm-hmm. It's canceled. It's anyway. Canceled. Okay. Yeah. Um, moving on from my hatred of British spellings, my <laughs> love for British panel shows. Taskmaster, it's all on YouTube. Watch it before it catches on like wildfire and they pull it down. <laughs> Which is, yeah, what happened with your with the pottery show. 
And then... Which I didn't even put in the document, but there's a new season of Great Pottery Throwdown on HBO Max, and I watched it all, and I cried like a baby really? in the last episode. I... Yes. It's you know, wonderful. I like didn't get that into the first season, but maybe I should give it another shot. The third season is really wonderful. It's hosted by um, uh, uh, Siobhan. Um, oh, shoot. What's her last name? Something Irish, uh, like Milligan or something. Siobhan, she plays uh, Sister Michael in Dairy Girls. She's the new host and she's great. Hmm. Okay. And then the new judge, there's a new judge, but Keith, the one who cries all the time, that makes me cry. He's still the judge. <laughs> thank goodness. He's just love, so lovely. Um, but the new second judge is Rich, the Kiln Man, from the first uh, two seasons. Kiln Man Rich is now a judge, and he is a very good judge. I would imagine if you um, spend that much time around a kiln, you know. No, but he's, like, good on camera. He's yeah. good at, like, talking about why he's... No, he's very good. And also, he's he's a cute guy. So, it's, you know, good for him. Good for him. He's got, the, he's got get brains that, and get beauty. Get kiln, man. It's hot in there. Come out, come out yeah. here and be a judge. Yeah. Yeah. Too hot brains in that Brains and beauty. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. But anyway, um, I didn't put that in the doc, but for those that were fans, because I've talked about the show before, I don't really need to talk about it, but um, I highly recommend the new season of um, Great Pottery Throwdown. I think it might have been my favorite one so far, and it made me cry like a little girl. So, I'm glad you've recovered. Because um, they filmed it during quarantine, like they had to have a bubble similar to Great British, right? Uh, just everyone baking show, everyone yeah. Just which be so it was very pottery. emotional. Yeah, yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm impressed. How? Yeah. Um. So anyway, watch Taskmaster. You'll love it. Um. But speaking of British things, more British. Should we move on to the main? the main yeah i <laughs> yeah i um also took a, a dip in the other side of the pond um Ugh. i know i hated that i'm sorry <laughs> it's okay i say has anyone things. ever called the atlantic ocean the pond before or is that just me? No, but that would be really funny because it's really big. Yeah. It's like way you bigger see, than a pond. Right, you because know? it's not a pond. It's like, it's an ocean. And also ponds are usually like not salt water. I think they're fresh water. Uh, so it's well, like that, really that's funny. That's my joke. Yeah. Let's call the Atlantic Ocean the pond from now on. Okay. Isn't that great? We I'm, should do that. Okay. I'm that was brilliant. I'm really glad that I came up with that. Um, yeah. So anytime someone says it from now on, I'm going to be like, my friend Sarah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, okay, Amanda. Right. <laughs> I okay. So we have different feelings because I okay. I'm just yeah. seeing your opinion because I totally. Oh uh, yeah, and you will hear it too, Sarah. I feel very <laughs> differently. I turned. Well, my mom turned me on to the TV show Staged, which I then uh, turned Amanda on to. Um, which mm-hmm. in America is airing on Hulu um, and is a British show that has uh, been produced entirely in quarantine. Um, I mean, I guess there's a lot of things you can say about this show, but like two of them are probably that I would never want to watch it again in the future, you know? <laughs> and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the other, because it is... 
like I think so at least the first season certainly like thoroughly to me capturing capturing a moment (laughs) and like capturing a real feeling uh to me with with the pandemic um I feel like so this is a show uh starring David Tennant of Doctor Who fame um and I guess he's famous for other things but Broadchurch. That's the main one to me. Yeah. (laughs) Broadchurch. Various Shakespeare-related endeavors, as he implies, but I've never seen. Um, The Decoy Bride. (laughs) Is that a movie or a TV show? Oh, it's a movie. It's a a rom-com. He's the male lead, and it's so weird. The Decoy Bride. Anyway, we don't need to talk about The Decoy Bride. (laughs) It's not good. It's not good, and it's very weird. David, well, David Tennant as, like, the rom-com lead is that is a weird yeah that is a it was definitely like his agent being like let's try this let's see if this catches on is it all british people or is it like um actually yeah i think the there's i know there's an american in it but it's that blonde woman who is in the second star trek who i think is actually english yeah yeah and and it takes place in like the outer hebrides so it's like scottish people okay so Scottish anyway, rom-com. like we really don't. I'm sorry I mentioned the decoy bird. <laughs> the decoy bird is a terrible name. Uh, so if, name a bad rom com. Yeah. I've seen it. <laughs> so David Tennant of the Decoy Bride fame and uh, Michael Sheen of Thirty Rock fame. <laughs> um, I mean that's what I mostly know Michael Sheen from is Wesley Snipes. Probably my I I know him from other things. I was very disappointed that in stage they when he's like when they're trying to convince people that people in America like him they don't ever mention Thirty Rock. I know. I actually, that? I actually had. I was the like same... waiting for him to mention it because it's my favorite thing. I had like the Wesley same Snipes. reaction because it's like that is what Americans probably best know him for. Like right, you know. Um, Although he, what else did I watch him in recently? He was, oh, you know what I randomly watched recently was The Crown, which he stars in as. Um, oh, yeah. Isn't he? Um, not, not The Crown, The Queen. Uh, the Helen Mirren. He's Tony Blair? He's Tony Blair. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he's good. Uh, but love to have a Welsh man play uh, Tony Blair. That's brilliant. Lots of, brilliant I casting. love also just like, in terms of just the Welsh you know, I'm just trying to picture him. Like, why? Where is the? Where is the? Um, Wales? Matthew Reese. <laughs> where is the Matthew Reese Michael Sheen like drama that? I, I was need, thinking about that. Yeah, you know? like cause like that. In staged, Michael Sheen has like the wild hair and the big. Beard, well, what would have like, been I really like funny is if they Reese got did. Michael, Re- if they got Matthew Reese to be one of the Michaels in the second season, because I feel like that. Oh, see, that's so brilliant. See, that, that would have been, been so, so funny because he's another Welsh, and it's like, why wouldn't you just? Get I feel Michael like Matthew Sheen? Reese would have been up for that. I know he's funny. Okay, so this is you know we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but I mean, essentially, stage is pretty high concept show about i mean it's not like you know complicated but the first season of the show which came out last summer i believe late summer i think um is you know basically michael sheen and and david Tennant are supposed to do a play a terrible sounding play together um and uh it gets canceled 
because of COVID. So they're just like, all right, well, that's not happening. And uh, their director of the show, um, Simon Evans, who is the actual kind of writer, director of Staged, uh, he decides that, you know, what people are going to want to go see when COVID is over is this production of six characters in search of an author. <laughs> and so it's he like thinks... <laughs> 200 or 150 year old like Italian play. <laughs> yeah, that's like, yeah, they have to like speak in Italian. They will flock to the West End What makes it this. even funnier though, I think is that originally Samuel L. Jackson was supposed to have the, <laughs> in the world of the show, Samuel L. Jackson was supposed to have the David Tennant role in the play. And Which they, they reveal, <laughs> uh, no, Michael Sheen role. Yes, yes. The Michael, yeah, sorry, the Michael Feel it in a very yeah, yeah, funny yeah. way. You yeah. don't know. You don't know who this mystery actor is supposed to be, and then like suddenly it's Samuel L. Jackson um, joining a Zoom call. David knows some of this. Um, before we cast you, Michael, we were talking to somebody else. He's uh, kind of a big deal and has always wanted to do a play in London. I was running quite high after Killer Joe, and in fact, it was my idea to, to to take it to David. And they got it to me. Yeah, we got it to David, and, and David said, "I said yes." Uh, yeah. So we were all ready to announce. Then this actor got offered a um, film, so he had to drop out of the project. We couldn't postpone, so we had to. Uh, we chose to find somebody else, and David suggested you. Of course, I did. And that film that he went to do has been cancelled because of all of uh, this. And he has been phoning me a lot um, because he'd like to be involved uh, again. Well, thank you for suggesting me, David. Well, not just a suggestion. It was a very, it was a strong recommendation. I was unaware that you'd been submitting me for roles over the years. Advocating. Did you get a nice bit of commission on that? I just really wanted to do it with you. Yeah, he did, really. I was really thrilled when you said yes. Yeah, we both were ecstatic. I don't like you, Simon. No. I find you weaselly. I understand. Who is it? Like, it's I... It's very funny. It's really funny, even knowing that. But, I mean... It, it, There's some other good guest stars, though, that we won't... There are some other really good you. guest stars. And, like, so I think... So, you know, basically, this guy, Simon, is trying to put the play on. They, he thinks they should be ready to go... We'll, we'll rehearse it in quarantine over Zoom, et cetera. We'll, like, get the whole, you know, production together. And then we'll be ready, you know, in a couple of months when this whole uh, thing blows over. Um, and, you know, so the whole show is just a series of Zoom calls, basically, between, largely between Michael and David, but also between them and Simon uh, and Simon's sister, who kind of becomes a... Um, who becomes a character as well since Simon is staying at her inexplicably beautiful home. Uh, country home. Country home. Which she, she decided to come home to from, from the France. house in Spain. Yeah, oh yeah, from Spain. Or France. <laughs> no, you're the, right, yeah, it's France. France. She's like yeah. at her house in France. She's like rich, but we don't know why. Um, and so, you know, over the course of the season, which is, you know, because it's British, is only like six episodes. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> They both just start to devolve, you know, over the course of the quarantine. Uh, and and David starts to get really just angsty and kind of depressed and feels without purpose, even though he has five children <laughs> with his real wife, who is playing his, his wife in the show. Um, they have five kids and you just like, I think it's hilarious that you just like, 
I mean, it's hilarious, but also very real that she's like <laughs> making their house work while he just kind of mopes around and talks to Michael Ugh, on yeah, Zoom all day. It. But then Michael Sheen also just becomes kind of increasingly unhinged over the course of the season, becoming obsessed with his neighbor. Um, and the birds. The birds. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> and so they, they both just kind of become increasingly unhinged over the course of the season. Uh, and, you know, there's also this recurring... I think the funniest thing about it is is the... Um, competitive. They just kind of are always trying to sort of one up each other. Um, they have. They're clearly yeah. very, very good friends, but um, you know, have this kind of professional jealousy, uh, which is a great gag in which they're always fighting about who's going to be billed first in the play. Um, which then every episode they're kind of billed differently in uh in in the show um as well so okay so we both like the first season yes yeah so you like the first season too this i like the first season yeah um yeah i the guest stars it's great michael sheen i find to be incredibly funny like just i just had no uh, idea how funny effortlessly funny i know i think even like he, given wesley snipes I don't yeah. think I really knew how funny Michael Sheen is. Yeah. Um, so, and he's just, he's just a very likable person too. I think he has like a lot of just like likable charisma, you know? Um, yes. Uh, so I, I did enjoy the first season. I have to say that I am not, so I typically don't like meta books or tv shows or movies about the creative process like about i do um, know that about how you. someone wrote a book or how actor that i mean it's why i stopped watching barry is just because i hate watching actors act like they're talking about acting i find it incredibly insufferable and i f- find with those kind of things whether it's you know like the first thing that comes to mind is the book heartbreaking work of staggering genius while i'm reading them or while i'm watching them um i find them engaging because they're typically written well but once they're over i feel just it feels empty i'm like what was the point of that and it just i feel nothing except that what i just watched was like deeply self-indulgent that you you're you writing about writing is if you think that's interesting that everything that's ever been written it was written like this isn't that int- I just I, it's hard to talk about this because you end up using the same words over and over <laughs> again but I just I don't know what it's trying to say usually and I found I was surprised that how much I enjoyed the first season because I felt like the first season was saying something about the pandemic um the you know, there's the thing with with Michael's neighbor, um, where at least they nod to the fact that what was unfolding around them was a serious tragedy and people yeah. were dying. Yeah. And it wasn't just about whether they could get a trip to Spain to film a new thing and whether they were bored, um, which and you can kind of, if you if you want to describe like, you know, what the second season is about, because it takes it just veers in a different direction. Um, it takes like another meta step if you will. Um, but 
I found the second season, the tone to be troublingly off to the point where I'm like, is it just because it's British and things were not as messed up for them in the early winter when the second season, I guess, takes place as it was for us when we were dealing with like the election and a, a huge surge um, just to see David Tennant complain about like his canceled flight to Romania and was just like, I was just like, this is so weird. And I don't know what this show is trying to say other than it just being an exercise in self-indulgence for David Tennant and Michael Sheen. Um, like I read this one review um, in the guardian where they're like, David Tennant and Michael Sheen are much funnier when they're just being funny. And when not, when they're just talking about whether they're funny <laughs> um, which is a big like multiple minutes of the second season are devoted to them just talking to each other about what whether other people find them funny yeah which is just not funny I, I anyway didn't like the I did like the first much. season yeah I will say I did not like the second season as much I thought the first season was brilliant like again I'll probably never watch it again because I can't <laughs> imagine ever wanting to revisit this time um right but I did I thought the first season was like hilarious and just delightful and like honestly like again the only thing that I can imagine watching about this time that I would think would be enjoyable like I don't ever want to watch anything about this, even though I'm sure like in the next two years, three years, like there will probably be plenty of movies and whatever that are like reflecting on this period of time. But like right now it's impossible for me to imagine wanting to watch any of them. Um, yeah. But I, I enjoyed watching this. The second season I liked a lot. I did not like as much as the first season. I think it's both not as interesting an idea. Um, although I think it's very clever. I don't think it's as like, it's just not as it's hard to keep this concept up even for only eight episodes, you know? Well, they did a different concept. It's a different concept. You couldn't do the first concept again. And I think like that would have gotten, I think if you did another season of the play thing, like that, I think even I, you know, I just, I think the second season, I think just uh, was put on Hulu in March, I think, just in the last month. Um, yeah, it was very recent. And so, it, yeah, I think it's been up for a few weeks, um, you know, and I and I watched them both together because I didn't know about it last year. I think when the first season ended, I saw there was another season. I was like, I don't, another season of this. I don't like, I mean, I love them, so I want to watch it, but like... So I, I actually was pretty pleased to find out the concept had changed. But, you know, so the second season is basically that the first season was, in fact, a, a TV show, uh, the show staged, that that took off in Britain, as it did, apparently. And so now it is being remade for American audiences. I think that's a really funny idea. Um, and I think, I think it's them uh, the part where they it. say like they need to find yeah they re- need to recast and they decide on Hugh Grant and Colin Firth for um, <laughs> initially. Well, they think that the, uh, yeah, the David Tennant and which Michael is very Sheen, funny to me. And I think that I think that Whoopi Goldberg uh, and uh, Ben Schwartz from Parks and Rec. I think that they're both. He is really so funny. funny. Yeah. Ben Schwartz is so funny. Whoopi Goldberg it. is their American agent. 
Um, and she's so mean to them. She's really so mean. <laughs> uh, she doesn't give a shit about them, uh, which as, you know, which she will say to them. <laughs> right. And I think rightfully so. Um, you know, so she's like, you guys, no one knows who you are in America. I think that's like, I think that that's maybe, lo- I don't know. I think that they're both who's it's, in America, certainly. They're, they're, they're American they're who's. American I mean, who's definitely Michael Tenet. Sheen. Right. I was going to say maybe David Tennant. David Tennant might less. be recognizable yeah. because people would be, well, which he mentions a lot that he was in that one Harry Potter movie. He was in one scene of the Harry Potter <laughs> movie. So I'm sure a lot of people would recognize him as either Doctor Who right. or from the Harry Potter there movie. There are definitely but that a lot of Doctor Who who Honestly would America. be it. Yeah. Um... I agree. I think maybe he's slightly more recognizable, but they're definitely both American Who's. Um, you know, so they aren't, you know, it's like, we we don't want you guys, we got to recast the show. And so initially they're just recasting it. And it's going to be an American show, but they, they are initially only recasting it. Every pairing they come up with is just other British people. Um, and, and a lot of British people that we think of as pairs, like, uh also um simon Pegg and nick frost and, nick frost, uh, and you know right the the hugh grant colin firth thing i mean i don't think we think of them as pairs but i do sort of think of them as hand in hand like i mean i think of hugh grant iconic and colin British firth actors. as pairs because of my favorite rom-com ever bridget jones's diary right oh so. god okay i was like i knew i was grouping them together for a reason okay. yeah no you are right yes. to group them together okay. that's an iconic pairing yes they are an but, iconic pairing yes and then there's a few other, you know, just like big Brit. I mean, Phoebe Waller Bridge. There's like some other good, you know, other good guest stars pop up uh, in in. This. I didn't even get to. I didn't see Phoebe Waller Bridge because I stopped watching. Oh no, the, you should watch to the end. I well, I guess I, I should finish it. Finish. I only had like a few episodes. Oh no, you I should just finish kind of it. I do think uh, I do think it's it's worth seeing to the end. But um, so. I I mean, like, it's tough because I, I also think it loses, it's not quite as, uh, it's not quite as, like, you know, I think the, it, it just loses a little something in the second. And I agree, it gets, yeah. it gets a little, the dynamic between David and Michael gets a little tedious also. Yeah. And I just, I just, I just didn't know what they were trying to say other than look at me yeah like i didn't it felt like they weren't trying to say anything other than aren't we interesting and aren't actors fascinating yeah i mean Um, to me it doesn't necessarily need to say anything like i'm to me it being no but i think if i enough in and of itself but at least yeah but but don't but but there's something self-serious about it like i'll watch a stupid comedy i i just talked for you know 15 minutes about taskmaster where they make people like (laughs) you know pop bubble wrap as quickly as possible so like you know, I don't, not everything has to have a point. Yeah. It's just that when you're talking about real life and then you end it and I'm just kind of like, what was that about? Like, I, if you're, if you're doing something that's supposed to seem honest yeah. and true, right? Like if you're talking about like, you know, I, th- I think it's the affectation of it. Like with all of those things, there's this sense that they're like the, the creator, whether it's the writer or the actor is like bearing their soul, you know, in a way, just like they're letting you in on their creative process. And I'm like, I don't give a crap about the creative process unless like there's something else to learn. But I know that writing is hard. I, I don't need to. You know what I mean? Um, and there's something also that I just am definitely reading into it. It's like a this is definitely just. I'm not saying they're uniformly bad and that's objective. It's mostly my take is when I'm watching those things or reading those things, I'm always just kind of like, 
ugh, you're being so annoying. Yeah. No one cares. Yeah. It's like and a I, personal and I, and I'm feeling kind of pretty, I have. Right. And I'm pretty different in that I, I like watching, largely I like watching stuff about, I find that, you know, pretty, I find it pretty fun when done, you know, when done yeah. well, but you know yeah. i so think... so like i said you know i was surprised i liked the first season as much as i did yeah. um, i mean certainly it's season. it's all credit to 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 them like they're both just you know i mean they're just so they're charming. just really charming and funny um and yeah. can take you know pretty much pretty oh. much and like anything. one other thing i've one other thing i've got to say um, cuz i would be lying if i didn't pretend that this wasn't a bigger determination for me but um i so like i was just annoyed by the fact that both david tennant and michael sheen have younger really pretty blonde partners um david tennant's it's much more for- forgivable like he's not that much she's older, like michael his sheen's, age isn't she their relationship she's like yeah 10 or 15 years younger than him maybe because you know they met on doctor yeah Who. it's not the weirdest yeah, it's not the weirdest thing, but I'm also just like, but if if he met her when she was 23 and he was 35, I'm like, that's that's gross. I, you know, I, I wouldn't. To me, it's not gross. Guy. To me, it's not gross. It's not gross. I'm being. This is all again. This is all just like personal. Yeah, like personal. Ugh, yeah, you know. But like, <laughs> if I just like if if a male friend of mine who was 35 was like, hey, meet my 23 year old girlfriend, I would judge them a little. No, you're right. I'm not I would. Say that I would. I would definitely. You would judge too. Them. Yeah, I would judge them. I think yeah, that's, that's um, fair. But I'm not saying that they're doing anything wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying like that's weird. There are women your own age that probably have more in common with you, or maybe not. But um, <laughs> but Michael Sheen's girlfriend is was born in 1994 which i just yeah. can't handle <laughs> michael, um michael michael, michael yeah michael. she's she's a young millennial but um yeah so i think like that was just an annoying thing for me but beyond that just this is especially evident it was it didn't really bother me much in the first season but the second season there's multiple scenes where the women are talking to each other and okay first of all I recognize that the Bechdel test is not a litmus test for sexism. Like it doesn't, if something, just because something doesn't pass the Bechdel test doesn't mean it's sexist. It might just be, it's a show or a movie or a book about men and it might take place in a very contracted world, right? So it's okay if there's two women talking about the main character. If you only have five characters, that's not the weirdest thing, okay? But this one, it was somehow the way it failed the Bechdel test felt like just it in par with the feelings I had about its self-indulgence where like it would just be scenes where their two partners Georgia and Anna are talking to each other and it'll, the conversation will be like yeah Michael's being weird now too and then the other person's like yeah David's being weird what are you gonna do is he taking a nap <laughs> and you're just like we've established that they're being weird in the previous scene where we saw them being weird together what is the point of having the two women just talk about the men and rehash things other than to be like even the women are thinking about us i just felt the whole thing was weird i agree i mean i think you know georgia tenant she i think there's like some funny stuff going on there where like she's doing all of this stuff like she's writing a book that then gets like option to be you know like like right she like is and she's she's, involved in the show right and she's like right she is she's involved in the actual show staged yeah as a producer i think as well but i think it's funny that she's like 
having this extremely productive kind of quarantine you know she write literally like writes a book and it gets sold right right and like you know and 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 just right has five kids and like and david is just like you know completely just utterly lost while she's just like you know do i think there's some funny stuff going on there and i think the stuff that related to her work was you know and then she's gonna like kind of stage this reading of her whatever and but uh largely i agree with that where it's like it's not that interesting to just have them particularly i guess that michael sheen's uh girlfriend is also an actress but not a great one like i you know no not a great one you know not particularly interesting to watch doing anything at least that was that we were shown so um i agree with you on that point like the the scenes where they're just talking about the guys is like you know all right you can, you, can, you can have one or two of those you can't have seven or eight of them <laughs> like, yeah every time i was very just very annoyed every time like these yeah. two women would come on and then there's even like one scene where they're with lucy and they're talking about how bad of a writer simon is which is should be funny but the whole time you're just like you're still it was talking about him yeah <laughs> yeah which but like the way they were doing it like they weren't like taking the piss out of him enough like they weren't being brutal enough they were being like yeah well it's not very good is it they're being super polite which is just like no if you're gonna have women finally be alone talking about talking shit about someone let them do well they're talking with his sister though so it's kind of like yeah i mean i guess so don't want to be is she his sister in the second season oh yeah yeah yeah. she still is yes yeah oh okay that relationship well then they could have had georgia and anna just talking shit about him yeah Yeah. that could have been funny yeah yeah it's like the it's like Simon doesn't believe that the women are actually mean behind his back. I think he maybe doesn't. Like, yeah. <laughs> he might not. Well, that's what, I, I, that's yeah. what the whole show felt right. like to me. It's like people don't know that, you know. Right. Well, you know, anyway, he's kind of a dummy. Whatever. The I also just remembered from looking at his Wikipedia page that David Tennant was on Jessica Jones. He was the villain. So Americans <gasps> He was Kilgrave. Yeah, he was very good um he was good. i didn't watch the second i remember because i was so show, excited when but... i found out who it was because you hear his voice through the whole first season yeah he's pretty terrifying so you know yeah. that's also another american audiences thing that you know would yeah people would know him it's from. definitely still the same nerd culture though oh to, for sure maybe more so yeah <laughs> like there would be the venn diagram the venn diagram oh, yeah the venn diagram is like one, harry is potter a doctor who and jessica jones is, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's pretty tight yeah that's just a circle um so i guess we should talk about what else we are going to be watching i think i have felt i don't know about you i mean maybe this is evidenced by your copious consumption of the (laughs) taskmaster Taskmaster and other (laughs) panel shows i have felt like for the last month or so or two that like i just there hasn't been that much that i've been interested in watching yeah i think people have just been like holding out for spring yeah or like all these all these services and channels were just like, you guys just hold on to your butts. Wait until April. I've been watching a lot of movies over the last like two months. And yeah, I just feel like there just really hasn't been that much, but you know, cute. We're looking down Q2 now. And, um, (laughs) the, I think there's, there's definitely more that, that I'm interested in, um, in, in watching. I mean, I think one thing that we would definitely be watching, uh, Mayor of Easttown. Um, Mayor of Easttown. New HBO Kate detective. Kate Winslet doing a Philly accent. Kate Winslet 
on first of all slumming it on tv i mean like i feel like there's a lot of you know everyone like tv is the new movies or whatever and everyone does tv now but like kate winslet is still like like a movie star yeah you know like she's a movie star kate winslet is proving it so yeah she's coming to tv she's slumming it on tv and she's doing a philly delaware accent or whatever you know like i yeah delaware county yeah i was reading an article about like how it's just people never really try the Philly accent because it's kind of tricky and not super recognizable to most Americans. So, like, when people have done it, they've usually done some, like, Long Island meets, like, Boston sort of accent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got to say, mid-Atlantic accents are not the most attractive. Um, but, no. you know, kudos well, you guys to her. Say, the way you say... the horror like a horror movie is always funny to me horror i find i love horror movies there's like you know there's like a baltimore accent that's like pretty you know there's just a lot so kudos to her because you know that's tough um i'm assuming she brought in the finest that philly has to offer to to dialect and to be honest i don't know if i would yeah um i don't know if i would uh watch it the show like the actual show because it doesn't super intrigue me if it weren't for kate winslet yeah i'm not like fascinated by the premise on its on its own but i've heard it's really good so yeah um you know we'll watch that um yeah and hbo so hbo's got like a ton of things. Uh, my mom gets mad because she's like, "You guys talk no, a lot HBO about HBO, too much. I'm and sorry. that's like the one thing they don't have." Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, they got to um, get. They got to correct that. They got to get. Yeah, they got to correct. I that. know. I need to give them my password. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of stuff just suddenly dropping on HBO this month. Um, one thing I watched the first of uh, first episode of it, um, with my friend Dave, last night. Um, it's called The Nevers. Hmm. I don't know if it's. Ba- I I like knew very little about it, and I have been meaning to read a recap. I have never all day even heard of it because I didn't really understand it. So it was Joss Whedon. Hmm. I don't know if he. Oh my god! I should have done research before I like put a microphone hmm. in front of my stupid face and started talking about it. Um, but yeah, it's it's Joss Whedon. But then of course after um, Charisma Carpenter uh, came out with all of the allegations of abuse that she mm-hmm. had while on Angel, um, they cut him from the show. So his name is still on, like, the episodes, but I think he might not have been through the whole um, production. Um, but he's still, like, an executive producer, um, and it, it w- was created by him. Um, hmm. Not... Uh, yeah, I don't think no it's based idea. on anything. So I guess it's just pure Whedon. Hmm. Um, hmm. Wikipedia describes it as an epic science fiction drama about a gang of Victorian women who find themselves with unusual abilities, relentless enemies, and a mission that might change the world. So it's a lot of like huh. Joss Whedon sort of tropes. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. my friend Dave was pointing out some of them. Um, uh, and like the two main women are white women. Um, and I you know i i don't know and i to be honest i like didn't follow it super closely Hmm. um because i'm not good at following um plot (laughs) i'm making myself sound like a total idiot um but yeah i'm gonna give it a i'm gonna give it a second episode um 
I'm going to watch the second one just to see if I can pick up more if it, it intrigues me a little bit more. So there's two episodes that have been released um, as of us recording. Um, so that's one. Um, and then there's, of course, a uh, return of a uh, favorite from of the pod, Black Lady Sketch Show, returns I'm this week. I'm so excited. I didn't even know that. You're turning me on to that. Yes. Yeah. I think the, the, um, the first episode of the new season airs tomorrow friday the 23rd i am very Um, excited there's also rumblings that i think you should leave is going to i've heard that in the near future um so we have that i'm I'm ready to find out who the new baby of the year is (laughs) well we know it's isaac it's isaac um Um, it's isaac yeah. yeah i'm gonna be his first birthday is coming up and you know that i'm going to be playing that <laughs> song in the background. Uh, I'm just going to call him and be like, fuck you, Isaac Whitus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he'll, he'll think it's funny. Um, yes. And then other last HBO show, Made for Love, which is um, with, oh, shoot, what's her name? It's with Kristen um, Malati. Kristen Malati. And, yeah. um, and then also... Uh, some what's it Magnuson some Paul Magnuson is it he's the guy he was in um, no, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt okay and and uh, Game Night he's very funny no, he plays like he looks like a total like dum dum but he's very funny um, um, I think that that's right I do remember him okay I do remember him from Kimmy Schmidt I'm looking at a picture of him I yeah he's he's really he's like he plays he plays one of the Snyders I think and um. Uh, in Kimmy yeah, Schmidt. Schmidt. Like, he plays he plays Dan Snyder's like brother or something. That's right. <laughs> Billy Magnuson. Uh, Billy, right, right, right. Um, and Chris Malati yeah. is very funny. Um, I'm intrigued by that show. I've heard a little bit about it. I want to yeah. watch that as well. Um, and then I am also excited because my favorite reality show from last year is back and. It is the kind of reality show that I watch, which is couples therapy. Um, oh yeah, which is on Showtime. I love this show. Um, so that is back with new couples and the same therapist uh, helping them. So I am very excited about that as well. Um, so there's like a lot going on. It's a lot going yeah. on. Yeah, and I think back. and um, since there's so much good stuff and we've been such bummers. I think we're going to skip a not watching. Um, we'll just refer you back to us making fun of How I Met Your Mother. Um, and we'll skip not watching for this week. Oh, one more thing. There was a new, there's a new documentary series on Hulu that our friend Matt said was really good. Um, it's called Sasquatch. And it's about this triple homicide, maybe double. <laughs> In, maybe it's I want to see. Okay, so I forgot about that too. And I um, want to see that. It's, no, it's I'm supposed to be really good. Yeah, I think yeah. it's like a, yeah, yeah. It's about this this multi multi homicide that had taken place, and apparently everyone blames like a supernatural creature, like Sasquatch, for the death. So this investigative journalist um, goes and tr- investigates and tries to get to the bottom of this. It's a murder that happened like twenty five years ago. Yeah, I think so. It's supposed to be good. I'm in, I'm like I- extremely, of course, uh Brian Yeah, and I'm like very us. wary of true crime things, but that that actually sounds interesting to me. Um okay, so Sorry. we'll see what of this random assortment of shows or if anything else uh we get into over the next 
several weeks. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully this was a we just we just pop in sometimes when we've kind of amassed yeah. enough. I feel like Hi. TV show. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and I definitely have amassed enough in the past month. So <laughs> thanks for bearing with me. <laughs> You're not allowed to watch any more panel shows until I give you the go ahead. Unfortunately. Well, <laughs> that might be that might be tough. I'll see what I can do. Yeah. All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye.